You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 34. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful Welcome. We are going to talk all about flow today. We're going to talk about color flow primarily, like how to move through your space and how to make it feel all pulled together. Um, you can also think of this as balance. And if you narrow down this concept of flow, you kind of get to that place of balance. And both of those are something you can, if you have a question, if you feel like something's not right, aesthetically, you can do a quick body check. You can do a quick check to see how your body's reacting to a space. And I'm gonna teach you a little bit more about that too. So the reason that I wanted to do this particular episode following the three episodes that I did on color is because I know if you're like me and you know the different things that are going on in your life and the different ways that you're reacting to things and and whether it's physical issues or whether it's an emotional issue or whether it's just kind of the way you're thinking at the time, you're going to have several things that resonate and you don't know how to pull it all together. I know when I first started to dive into crystals. Um, I felt that way. Like I'd read a description of one and I would think, well, that would be really beneficial. And then, you know, another one would pop up and I think, wow, I just need all the crystals. And I had to dial it back and figure out exactly what it was I really wanted to focus on. And that's what you want to do in your space. But you do want to have that opportunity because in our homes, And again, I'm gonna, this can apply to a single room and how you're pulling all the elements in the room together, or it can apply to your whole home or your whole first floor. Like whatever you want to apply, these concepts that I'm gonna teach you today, it's gonna help you bring whatever you're working on together. Now, one of the things I really like to do when I'm doing a whole home color consult for someone, whether it's a new home or whether it's just refreshing what they've lived with for several years, or maybe they're just finally getting around to painting what they have lived with for a few years, whatever the case may be, if we're approaching the transformation of their home with wall color, 
I like to really incorporate the things that I'm going to teach you today. Now, I want to start with the definition of the word flow. And it's a word that we use a lot. It's a word that often conjures up these different natural um, phenomenon, like lava flow, you know, all, like, all these different things. Um, flow is so integrated and evolutionary to almost every natural process out there. And it was funny when I first Googled the definition, I didn't even realize how many colloquial uses there are of the word flow or uses specific to all sorts of different branches of science. Um, there's flow in psychology, there's there's flow in um, physics, there's flow in human geography. There's all these different, very specific meanings that flow has in these different fields. So I want to go, so I thought it would be really fun to just go through the main definitions. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the more colloquial uses, but um, I want to go through the main definitions and, and talk about why this is such an important concept to wrap our head all the way around in terms of design, especially coming off this series of integrating color in a way that heals us. You know, whether it's just you're thinking if you feel better in your home, you, your home is going to look better when everything seems to move together, when it seems to fit together, when everything you see when you're looking for, you know, you're looking from one space into another space seems really pulled together. And if you're starting to think, well, I don't have, you know, I can't go out and buy everything new, Lynn. Um, you know, I have to work with what I have and it doesn't really match. We're going to address that too, because that is, I have to say, of the design work that I do, 90% of it is integrating things that might not necessarily be the same style or come from the same era, um, how to pull those together. And I do that personally through the use of color in so many different ways and simply making sure that you're integrating what you see visually from space to space is how you pull it all together. It's how you create a cohesive look. And so I wanted to bring this to you if you were intrigued by the concepts that I offered in the last three episodes, or if you're just struggling with pulling your, your home together, this is going to work for you either way. So let's dive into the definitions of the word flow. And it, without even looking at the individual sub-definitions, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary lists it as an intransitive verb, a transitive verb, and a noun. And we're going to just touch on each of the definitions under each of those, starting with flow as an intransitive verb. So the first definition is to issue or move into a stream, um, like the river flows to the sea, um, to move with a continual change of place among the constituent particles. That's kind of a mouthful, but um, 
a, the example is molasses flows slowly. So you can think of like a slow flowing, you know, molasses or honey, you know, kind of tumbling over itself. But what it is doesn't necessarily change, even though it's moving that that way. And warmer molasses is going to flow faster than cooler molasses. So it's going to stay the same as long as the conditions remain the same. Um, water flowing over a dam. And again, you can think of the visual there. Um, you can think of the force that it is going to take because of something else there. And this isn't really, we're going to get to the definition that you think of more typically as flow in the terms of using color in a space, but I want to just, I wanted to just sort of punctuate this idea of this continual change of place and the energy that things have when they're moving either quickly or they're moving either very slowly, because that really plays a part in in design, whether you think about it or not. And I think a lot of times it's one of the things that we don't think about. You know, we think of energy as sort of on the, um, and I don't want to digress too far from these, but we think of energy is is a um, is something that's on the fringe of design, but understanding that you know energy is the foundation for everything you know everything is made up of of molecules and particles and so thinking of design and the and moving through your space and how your eye moves through your space um, is really important to think about as well so the second definition under that is um, rise so as like the example is the tide ebbs and flows and again i want us to think about part of the natural cycle. A lot of how I learned to incorporate color in a space and make things feel natural or things that I learned just by being fully present in nature. Number three is to abound, um, or not to abound, but abound. A land flowing with natural resources. So having a lot of something. Four is to proceed smoothly and readily and to have smooth continuity. Um, so that I believe is the definition most of us think. When I have a, oh, someone schedule a color consultation and they say to me, I want everything to flow. And, you know, they always give me an example of they've been in someone's house, and I've experienced this as well, where you've been in someone's house and maybe the each individual rooms look pretty good, but it feels sort of like you can't quite get comfortable because everything is so different. And oftentimes I'll have clients say, I think we have to just go neutral. You know, I don't think we can do much here because everything is so open or everything, you know, you see this from this room. So I don't know how to coordinate it so it looks right. So let's just pick, you know, kind of one overall color. And that's when I help them really figure out what they want and see if we can create a natural flow with 
color without having to just do something all over. So I wanted I want you to know that we're going to go beyond that in this and we're going to I'm going to use the tools that you know so often I have people they'll grab one color chip from the color you know from the rack at the paint store and they'll think oh I have to use everything in this line because it it will give me that flow that I'm looking for. I can't really deviate from this. And that's what I want to teach you how to not have to do, to move beyond that so that you can have a house that whether you're incorporating all those amazing color properties that we talked about in the last three episodes, or you're just trying to pull together what you already have. Number five also means to hang loosely or billowing, like her like her gown flowed around her. Again, we can feel the how natural the wind makes things move and effortless. And I wanted to bring that definition in as well because that's what you want it to always look like. You always want your spaces to look you know, the most expensive design is the ones that always look like they're not designed, the ones that look effortless. Uh, To derive from a source, and the example that they gave was the wealth that flows from trade. So something new or something more coming from something that already exists. I want to touch on that as well. Uh, And the Seven is to deform under stress without cracking or rupturing. So that's going to be specific to um, rocks and minerals. So used especially, you know, it's used especially with rocks and minerals. And number eight is menstruate. So being a podcast for moms and girls, um, we're all quite familiar with that word. So as a transitive verb, it means to cause to flow or to discharge a flow Um, like the new oil well flowed a hundred barrels a day so the action of um, you know making something flow and that's what I think a great color palette does a great color palette flows your house it flows your eye through your house and I didn't even realize how often this word was used in the process specifically color consultations till I noticed it popping up in different um, reviews or, or feedback that I was getting from clients and you know I so often they're like oh the colors flow so beautifully um, so flow is a noun number one the act of flowing duh number two to flood So that's important to think about too, because if there's too much of one thing, if it's too concentrated, you, it's almost like it crashes in on you. Number three is smooth, uninterrupted movement or progress. That is our goal. B is to stream or B is stream. So a stream as a flow. Um, which is a mass of material. One of the things that I love to do with color is to 
take your eye to a place or distract your eye from a place. So that's something you can all do in a, you can do in a very natural way with color as well. Um, and the quantity that flows in a certain amount of time. So again, we're back to a very scientific term or measurement. Um, but often I'll have clients that'll quantitate certain areas of their home. You know, it's like, well, the family room flows really nicely into the kitchen, but the dining room looks off. So even though that's not a time measurement, it's a spatial measurement. And so they recognize where the, um, what they're comfortable with, you know, where it begins and where it ends. Uh, number five is menstruation. And number six is the molten or, or characteristic of fluids. So again, slow flow versus quick flow um, and continuous transfer of energy. So I love that even the dictionary ends on this idea of flow as an energetic principle. Like I referenced in the beginning, if you ever want to question, if you ever want to get in touch with how you feel like a room flows and clients where I've worked in their, you know, worked in their spaces, whether it's physically in their spaces or, or virtually, you know, we're doing it over Zoom, it's funny because sometimes as we sort of stand there together and look over a space and experience it together, a lot of times I notice clients, I have to do that to feel how things flow, feel where I feel like it's stagnant and we need to um, you know, either give it a boost or we need to kind of clean it up. Um, whether it's, you know, a color where we, we need to make it fresher or, um, or more balanced. I notice my clients do it too, because as humans, we tend to mimic each other's body language, whether we know it or not. So the next time you're in a space that doesn't feel quite right, take a second to just check into your body and feel what's tight and I just do like a quick sort of mental progression you know is there tightness in my head is there tightness in my shoulders is you know is there tightness in my back what feels off in here or you know are my shoulders hunched up is my jaw kind of clenched that lets me know that I need to make some changes to whatever I'm working on um, sometimes I feel very flighty in a space. And if that is, then that may, lets me know that I need to kind of bring things in or group things together more. Things are um, too spread out. But a lot of, you know, there's a lot of design work that you can do yourself just by taking a quick physical check on how you feel and then look around the room and see what resonates with that particular feeling. Um, so if you do feel tightness, relax it and see what your eyes going to going towards. Um, see what you're focusing on. Look around different parts of your room and notice is there a tension or is there um, is there some sort of release? And 
you're going to surprise yourself that you're going to get a lot of information just from that. Um, I better be careful. I'm going to put myself out of a job soon. But I do really enjoy teaching people to take ownership of their space in a way that allows them to make the changes that make them feel better in their space. Because at the end of the day, that truly is the goal. So let's start with wall color. One of the things I like to teach people is the concept of sight lines. So if you're standing in one place, what do you see? What do you see looking through the doorway? How far do you see? You know, where does your your line of vision in end in each direction that you're looking from a space? And then start to think about what you love about each space and how to carry what you love, you know, the color, we'll start with just the concept of color from space to space through there. So if you've gotten the idea to paint, you know, a fun, bright color or either a strong, deep color in one part of your home, that is fantastic. How do you bring it into the rest of the area? The most common mistake that people make when they're incorporating color into their space is they get an idea for a color and then they isolate it to an individual space. They isolate it to the one room that has that color. And the way to create flow, the easiest way to create flow from in terms of sight lines, in terms of what you're seeing around you, is just to bring in accessories or art or some very small elements that pop, that feature the stronger color, the deeper color, um, the more intense color, like whatever category that color falls into in something that you see within those sight lines. Now, it can be almost literally anything that you're, you know, you're working with. Um, Just as long as it's, you know, I've watched people try so hard to match colors within a space and then to recognize that it does feel very isolated and just by going into that space and finding some accessories that they might already have in there, bringing them out into the other spaces, they suddenly have created a visual sense of flow and the vice versa. You know, you can do it the other way as well. If you have a strong sight line, like you're seeing directly into, you know, over the window in a bathroom that's painted a, you know, a nice, beautiful color that's very different from the surroundings, you know, bringing in 
a window treatment that is similar in color to either the furniture or the wall color from the room that you're seeing it from instead of trying so hard to pull out the color that's in that room it makes a huge difference in the way that those two rooms play off of each other so combining colors from room to room is done simply by picking out accent pieces and pulling them through the sight lines and if it's a color that you wouldn't necessarily think goes really well or something that you don't want to feature in another space then do it with art do it with a great um flower arrangement um it's, that's one of the places i'm i'm not a big fan of artificial flowers but mixing artificial and real you know, f flowers and plants can give you that very natural feel. And so uh, just a simple flower, because they oftentimes have so much more strength of color naturally. Or if you have a favorite flower, um, just commit yourself to, you know, the weekly purchase of fresh flowers for the space that brings that, you know, brings that color through. If it's something in the, um, you know, the blue family, you're going to struggle a little bit more because there aren't as many blue flowers naturally available all times of the year. But I think you get what I'm saying. So that's how you do it primarily with wall color. Now, what happens if one of the colors that we talked about last week really resonated with you, but it's not a color you're particularly drawn to? And again, it could fall into that category of maybe it triggers you a little, maybe it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. How do you integrate that into your space in a way that helps you work through whatever you're, you're stagnant in? Um, and a great way to do that is introduce it temporarily for a time until your, um, you know, until you get more attune with what you're trying to uncover or you're uncomfortable with. So again, how do you do that temporarily? Um, sometimes a very inexpensive way to do that can be a bowl of fruit or introducing it in a place, especially let's say you are struggling with digestive issues and you want to bring in some of those warm colors that we talked about even though you have a you know a green kitchen or a blue kitchen how do you integrate those elements without throwing off your whole design scheme well you can bring it in with just a bowl of brightly colored fruit because the kitchen is going to be the best place to work on an issue like digestion um, so if you're unfamiliar with what I'm referencing, it is from the three-part series that I did on healing yourself in your home um, from the teachings that I've learned from Ina Segal and the Secret Language of Color. So please go back and listen to that. I have found just my own work to have so much. I learned so much in that series and I 
have had such wonderful feedback from people who are actively bringing these things into their own design. So go back and listen to that series if you haven't already. If you're just working on some individual spaces, it's still important to understand how feeling better about your home starts with healing yourself, feeling better about yourself. So how do we create flow from what we already have? The best way to do that is to start by identifying what you have that you love, what you have that you're grateful for. If you're living in a house full of hand-me-downs, that's fine. Be grateful that you had the people in your life to be able to give you those things. Um, That's actually a great place to start. But still find those things which you identify as truly yours, truly your family's, truly represent who you are, who your family is, who you aspire to, who you aspire to as a as a group, as a union, and and acknowledge those things because those are going to be the foundation that you're going to work with. So often, I find people so focused on what they have that they can't replace or they don't feel comfortable replacing or they know they're going to be getting rid of, you know, in whether it's the short term or the long term, they're so focused on that thing, they can't see some of the great stuff that they have to work with. And oftentimes, the biggest design mistakes that they make are trying to make what they don't like work instead of really honing in on what they are trying to create. Now, that being said, you if it's something that you know you're never going to replace and you still don't like it or you're never going to, you know, as long as you have that space, um, just say floor, for instance. Very often I have clients tell me, well, they, you know, they're not going to be able to replace the floor anytime soon. And and then they show me an image that they aspire to. So I do have to use some color magic to try and neutralize that. Because if we go back to uh, what we know about the color wheel, anytime two colors are opposite each other on the color wheel, or they're called complementary colors, that means they make each other stronger. They make each other more visible. So a lot of times people will try and go in an opposite direction of what they don't like and what they end up doing is intensifying what they don't. But some of the simplest design tricks are taking something that you like and skewing it slightly in the direction of the color that you don't like. And because those two colors are always trying to balance each other out, that's what your brain does. Your brain is always trying to create a sense of harmony 
and safety. It's actually safety more than harmony because um, that that ancient reptilian part of our brain, the the part that's always trying to keep us alive, that's our brain's first and foremost job. That's what it wants to do before it does anything else. And once you get, it's when you get that that prefrontal cortex area in where it starts breaking things down and overanalyzing things that you start to create that disharmony. So what you want to do is you want to rely a little bit on that that safety part of your brain before you start analyzing everything individually. And that's what's going to help you pull everything together in a way that feels harmonious or feels like it moves. So how do we create flow in areas that we don't like or we don't find visually attractive? Well, let's just think a little bit about how a stream works. You know when it's very wide the water flows very slowly, but as the banks narrow, the water's gonna flow through the stream much more quickly. So it's, it's, that's just the energy. It's going to increase the rate it flows through that smaller space. Because the energy is preserved and you can do the same thing with design. So if there's a particular area that you don't want to focus on, you can allow it to sort of recede by creating less contrast in those areas. So making things more similar. If you listen to the episode that I did on the color wheel, where I taught just some basic principles of color, um, you might remember that the analogous color palette, so when colors are right beside each other on the color wheel. So for example, uh, blue, blue, violet, and purple are all right there together on the color wheel. It creates a a feeling of calmness and a feeling of soothingness and you don't have that contrast there. So what you're going to do is you're going to, your eye isn't going to feel as um, as strong there. It's not going to want to pick that area apart and see what's wrong and you're going to just move through that visually into another area. But just be cautious, if it's too much of a monochromatic color palette, it can create sort of that energy sink and your eye can kind of land there, especially if that color isn't incorporated in different areas. So um, two different ways you can do this. So you can take that area that you're not as happy about and you can incorporate colors on either side of it into that space so it just sort of melts away as you as you move from that faster flowing part of the street you know as you move from the places that you want to be like you want to languish and move quickly through that other place or if it is 
um, more monochromatic, then you want to make sure that um, you just punctuate it with areas or, or with colors that come from those other two areas that are sort of flanking it. And it'll create that sort of smooth passage between places where your eye doesn't need to um, spend a lot of time. It doesn't really need to focus on that area because it's kind of bouncing from one place into the other. If you're thinking about one room, how do you tie together different elements within one space? Just like you want to move your eye through your home from one space to the next, you also want to move your eye around a room. And that allows you to create that cohesive flow. So whatever you have in one space, you want to make sure that you're repeating that element somewhere else. Now, I've referenced color a lot in this episode because I feel like that's one of the things that people really struggle with the most. And I realized as I was doing the last three episodes as I was introducing all these different colors, particularly ones that you don't necessarily think of in design. They might not necessarily be things that you're drawn to. They might not be trendy colors. They might actually be hard to find um, different things to represent them in your space, in the design, you know, just in the concept of design. But what you can also do to create flow is make sure where you're repeating elements that are more geometric in nature. So patterns and shapes, and then to make sure that your eye isn't getting stagnant in an area. Um, one of the other, uh, when I teach my design camps, the girls love color and they love seeing how they really have that physical effect on them when we combine them in different ways, but they also love patterns. And they talk about, because a lot of times um, the girls that are taking the camps are, they say the word busy or they say looks like a grandma. Um, it's always funny how they, they describe things. And one of the things that they're very sensitive to is the scale of different patterns, like how big the image is on it. And one of the things I love to teach them is how to incorporate different size, different scales of patterns and how they create a different effect. So that's something you want to think of when you're thinking about, you know, moving your eye from space to space, you can repeat, you know, let's say your chandelier is round and it falls into that category of something you really love, you're really proud of. You made this beautiful investment in a chandelier. Well, where else can we incorporate that, that circular element? It could be in the pattern on the pillows. It could be in some accessory pieces. Let's say that you love this great big chandelier, but then you have an ottoman that feels a little bit oversized. It feels like it takes up too much of the room. And how do you bring that back down? Well, you put a big round tray 
on the ottoman or you put a square tray on the ottoman with round elements on it and all of a sudden the 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 ottoman is going to start to recede in its presence because you're focusing on things that are the same. Like I said, your brain's always trying to create this safety net for you. So when you have elements that are similar in two different areas, you're creating that that aesthetic safety net that your your brain loves and, and your body responds because your body is going to be more relaxed when it feels safe. So one of the last things I want to leave you with is simply how natural this element of flow is and why we can exist with more comfort in our own spaces when we understand just its power. Now we've all experienced whether hopefully not firsthand, but I know a lot of us have, or on TV, just the power of water in a storm as, you know, we see what a hurricane does as it, as it comes ashore. Power of flow, the power of when things are moving. And it's, you know, unfortunately, that's an example of a more destructive element of flow, but if you think about, I had this wonderful experience almost a year ago flying back from California and a large part of my trip was uh, cloudless. So for a couple of hours straight, the skies were clear and I could see so much of that open Western landscape. And the thing that I noticed as I looked down and being an artist, I'm always, you know, interpreting things in terms of, oh, that would make a beautiful painting. I noticed that so many of the geographical areas looked like paintings. They looked like they looked very natural, big giant rivers and their tributaries as they flowed out into the ocean, they looked like trees. They looked like someone had gone in and hand-drawn these delicate trees across the landscape, even though I knew that these were gigantic oceans. Um, and then a couple of instances, I noticed how it looked like, you know, me being a, a biologist, a molecular biologist, I recognized how it also looked just like our circulatory system and how it's just nature wants to create flow. It wants to create this natural balance, both the space between things and this connection of things from one to the other, this connection of that energetic movement of of the good stuff, the nutrients, the what is what is there, taking it from one place to the other. And that's what we can create in our homes if you just do these simple principles and think about your space in a way that is try to disconnect yourself from what you think other people might think about your space and lean into that physical presence lean into your body let your body be the guide let your body tell you what it's feeling and you'll start to see the simple changes 
that you can make, whether it's just moving things around, grouping things together, pulling things apart, or finding elements that might not be repeated, or recognizing colors that aren't repeated through your space. And like always, if you need help with this or if you have any questions, uh, you can just go to In Her Eyes podcast episode 34 and you'll find a link of the different ways to get into my world and do more together one-on-one or um, in a group setting because I have both offerings as well. So if it's a simple color consultation, that's something we can do. We can knock things out. We can fix things up or um, if you wanna move through your spaces more gradually. Now, I have something coming at the end of the month that you're gonna be all of the members of my design portal. As I begin to integrate these these parts of these teachings that help you feel more whole, feel more healed within your space, I'm going to be bringing to you some teachers who are masters of these different arts to help you bring things into your home. And the very first one is for our April members. So you can join any time in April up until the event day. On April 28th, I am going to be bringing in a breathwork specialist as a part of the Design Portal membership. And she's gonna be doing a breathwork session that is gonna be 100% free to members of the Design Portal. And this is something, it's um, normally for a one-on-one breath session, you pay you know, $150 and upwards um, to get that individualized breathwork session. And we're gonna be doing it via Zoom so you can have your own private space set up and you'll be able to participate. Now there's gonna be more details that follow. We haven't landed on a time yet because she is, going, she is in Norway and I am in, in Pennsylvania and I know we have listeners from all over the globe. So we're trying to coordinate a time that works with multiple time zones. So it's either going to be early in the morning on Eastern time so we can do it at the very beginning of our day. And if you're not familiar with that breath work, um, before this event, the, I, the episode, episode 36, is going to take you through exactly what it is. And you're not going to want to miss this. So it's going to be a great opportunity. So if you have any questions about color, my friends, or if you have some family members who you know might be struggling with this concept of pulling things together and you recognize their frustration, um, ask them their permission to... Uh, share this episode with them because flow is something that's so important and it's something that we all need more of in our life. Have a wonderful week, my friends, and I will see you here next week. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. 
And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home too, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.